0: my apple fritters as frisbees. No wonder we all think she's the best teacher we've ever had. Miss Dunning let go of Darren Peck and went over and stood next to mister Cosgrove while he made a long speech about how dedicated she is and how sad we all are that she's leaving the school, but how we all understand that babies are the future of Australia. Then mister Cosgrove called Amanda to the microphone. She was so nervous, she almost slipped over in a drink puddle but once she was there, she did a great job. She read the speech we'd written in her loudest voice without a single mistake, not even during the difficult bit about Mrs Dunning being an angel who shone with such radiance in the classroom we hardly ever needed the rose on. After Amanda finished reading, she presented Miss Dunning with a carved wooden salad bowl and matching carved wooden fork and spoon, which the social committee had bought after ignoring my suggestion of a tractor. Everyone clapped, except me, because I had my hands full, but I wobbled the jelly custard surprise to show that I would have if I could. Miss Dunning grinned and blushed and made a speech about how much fun she'd had teaching us and how nobody should feel sad because she'd see everyone most days when she dropped me off at school. Even though it was a short speech, she was looking pretty exhausted by the time she'd finished. "'I'm pooped,' she grinned. "'Where's that husband of mine?' Dad stepped forward and kissed her, and she leant on his shoulder, and there was more applause. Dad gave such a big grin, I thought his ears were going to flip his cowboy hat off. I was grinning myself. Dad's had a hard life, what with Mum dying and stuff, and a top person like him deserves a top person like Miss Dunning. I reckon marrying Miss Dunning is the best thing he ever did, and that includes buying the apple polishing machine. Seeing them standing there smiling at each other, Miss Dunning smoothing down the fringe on Dad's shirt. I felt happier than I have all year, and I felt pretty happy for most of it. Which is why what happened next was so weird. Dad cleared his throat and went down on one knee so his eyes were level with Miss Dunning's bulging tummy. I wasn't surprised at that because he does it all the time at home. The mayor, though, was staring at Dad with his mouth open. Mares get around a fair bit, but they probably don't often come across apple farmers who wear goanna-skin cowboy boots and sing to their wives' tummies. As usual, Dad sang a song by Carla Tamworth, his favourite country and western singer. It was one about the long-distance truck driver who listens to tapes of his two-month-old baby crying to keep himself awake while he's driving. As usual, Dad had a bit of trouble with a few of the notes, but nobody seemed to mind. Miss Dunning was gazing at him lovingly, and everyone else was smiling, and some people were tapping their feet, including the mayor. I was enjoying it too, until Dad got to the chorus. Your tears are music to my ears, sang Dad to Miss Dunning's midriff. And that's when my brain must have become heat-affected. Suddenly, my heart was pounding, and I had a strange, sick feeling in my guts. I turned away. And suddenly my feet were sliding and suddenly the jelly custard surprise wasn't in my hands anymore. The bowl still was, but the jelly custard surprise was flying through the air. It hit the grill of the big hardware store fan, and then everyone in the hall disappeared into a sort of sticky mist. It was just like when Dad sprays the orchard, except his mist isn't pink and it hasn't got bits of custard in it. I stood there stunned while people shrieked and tried to crawl under the food table. The mayor still had his mouth open, but now it was full of jelly. Mr Cosgrove was staring down at his suit in horror, looking like a statue that had just been dive-bombed by a large flock of pink and yellow pigeons. Darren Peck was sitting in a Greek salad. I only knew it was him because of the tuft of ginger hair poking up through the sticky pink stuff that covered his face. I blew the jelly out of my nose and ran out of the hall and thought about hiding in the stationery cupboard, but came in here instead. I'd have ended up here anyway, because the principal's office is always where people are taken to be yelled at and expelled and arrested. There's someone at the door now. They seem to be having trouble opening it. It's pretty hard getting a grip on a door handle when you've got jelly custard surprise running out of your sleeves. I'd help them if I wasn't shaking so much. The door opened, and Mr Fowler came in and it was worse than I'd imagined. It wasn't just his sleeves that were dripping with jelly and custard. It was most of his shirt and all of his shorts and both knees. On top of his head, in the middle of his ball patch, were several pieces of pineapple. Miss Dunning always puts crushed pineapple at the bottom of her jelly-custard surprise. It's delicious, but it's not really a surprise. Not to us. I think it was to Mr. Fowler, though. He saw me and just sort of glared at me for a bit. I tried to stop shaking so I wouldn't drip on his carpet so much. It was no good. I looked down and saw I was standing in a puddle of passion fruit topping. I made a mental note to write to the Department of Education and explained that it had been dripped out of my hair and not out of Mr. Fowler's lunchbox. Mr. Fowler didn't seem to have noticed. He strode over to his desk and wiped his hands on his blotter. I waited for him to ring the district school's inspector and say... I've got a girl here who's been mute since birth and she's come to us from a special school 14 months ago and I thought she was fitting in okay but she's just sprayed 200 people with jelly custard surprise and so obviously she's not and she'll have to go back to a special school first thing in the morning. He didn't. He just glared at me some more. I've seen some clumsy acts in this school, he said. But I think you... Rowena Batts have just topped the lot. I didn't reply because my hands were shaking too much to write, and Mr Fowler doesn't understand sign language. I knew it was a mistake having food, he continued, starting to rummage through the top drawer of his filing cabinet. That floor was awash with coleslaw from the word go. I nearly slipped over just before you did. My legs felt like they had jelly on the inside as well as the outside. ''You okay, Tono? said a voice from the door. It was Dad. His face was creased with concern and splattered with custard, and for a sec I thought he'd changed his shirt. Then I saw it was the blue satin one he'd been wearing all along, but the red jelly had turned it purple. ''I'm fine,'' I said, trying to keep my hand movement small so I wouldn't flick drips onto Mr. Fowler's files. Miss Dunning came in behind Dad, "'Just as splattered and just as concerned, she gave me a hug. "'When you have bad luck, Roe, you really have bad luck,' she said. "'And after all the hard work you put into tonight.' "'She wiped something off my left elbow, then turned to Mr Fowler. "'We want to get home and cleaned up, Frank,' she said. "'Can we talk about paying for the damage tomorrow?' "'Mr Fowler looked up from the filing cabinet. "'No need,' he said, holding up a piece of paper.' The insurance covers accidental food spillage. Miss Dunning gave such a big sigh of relief that a lump of pineapple slid off the top of her tummy. I caught it before it hit the carpet. I could tell from Dad's face he wanted to get me out of there before Mr. Felder discovered a clause in the insurance policy excluding jelly. To get to the truck, we had to go through the school hall. It was full of people wiping each other with serviettes and hankies and bits torn off the farewell Miss Dunning banner. I held my breath and hoped they wouldn't notice me. They did. People started glowering at me from under sticky eyebrows and muttering things that fortunately I couldn't hear because I still had a fair bit of jelly in my ears. Amanda came over, her hair rubbed into sticky spikes. If Mr. Fowler tries to murder you, she said with her hands, tell him to speak to me. I saw you slip. I felt really proud of her. Not only is she kind and loyal, but I only told her the sign for murder last week. Don't feel bad, Roe, called out Megan O'Donnell's mum, scraping custard off her T-shirt with a knife. I'm on a diet, so I'd rather have it on the outside than on the inside. There are some really nice people in this town, but I do feel bad. I felt bad all the way home in the truck. Even though Dad made me and Ms Dunning laugh by threatening to drive us round the orchard on the tractor so all the coddling moths would stick to us, I feel bad now even though I'm standing under a cool shower because I didn't slip on some coleslaw and accidentally lose control of the jelly custard surprise. I threw it on purpose. The great thing about talking in your head is you can say anything you want, even things you're scared to say in real life, even to your own dad. He's just been in to say goodnight. The moment he stepped into the room, I could tell he wanted to have a serious talk because he changed into his black shirt, the one with the yellow horseshoes on the front. Dad always wears that...